Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we're talking with the world's most diabolical Lorcana content creator, the one, the only, Baker Lorcana villain. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we had a chance to visit with Scott and Dan of the Forbidden Mountain. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, make sure to go back and check it out. This week we are talking with our good friend Baker of the Lorcana Villain YouTube channel. Hey Baker, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't begin any sort of content without doing it. It's my gimmick. I've, you got to get, got to get it in. Hello, hello. I would hello. expect nothing less. Good, good, good. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, the pleasure is ours. Uh, you reached out to me, I think it was last week, right? And uh, I think we spent Something like, like the whole day talking. Yeah, and after yeah. we got done talking, I was like, we have to have you on the podcast. And it just so happened that we had an opening today. And uh, here we are. We are so glad to have you. The stars aligned, or I'm a villain and I secretly kidnapped whoever your host was, and that's how I got my place in that's, true villain that's style. It. That's it. <laughs> Travel to Canada. <laughs> sure, well, why not? No, I, I've got people. I have minions. I have minions <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> so no, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for letting me on. And uh, yeah, like you said, we had we had a day. Right? I like not not planned. Just like one message became. An afternoon of just setting yep. the world to set setting the world to to rights. Yep, yep. So before we get into the heart of the episode, we have some news. The organized play news, and I know you already reacted to this. I saw that you posted your video. Um, James has the press release pulled up. He wants to read some highlights from that, and then we're gonna hit some of the high points. Okay, let's take do it, it away, James. Well, I think so, the main thing I wanted to point out. I mean. There's not a whole lot of information except for when we're going to get more information. Uh, so that's one of the things I think that a lot of people may have had a slight issue with. But one of the things I wanted to point out in the press release that really wasn't brought up too much in a lot of the articles, they were focused on like it's coming. There's a promo card. There's a new gateway set was the comments from uh, Philip Frankie, uh, head of Global Games. Uh, and the main one I wanted to point out was well, the two ones was the first one, which was the comment. He says, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure a product is available at MSRP, which to me means that they're going to continue to reprint as needed uh, for anything that they feel like needs to be on the market and ready and available to purchase. Um, and then his final quote in here uh, in the first paragraph was, we're only just getting started but consumer feedback and industry data supports our belief that this game will be around for a very long time. And that to me is just a very positive statement from, you know, a businessman who is saying, we've seen the numbers, we've seen the data, and we think it's like full steam ahead. Amen. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, like you say, if someone that like is used to looking at it from uh, the business perspective, it's gonna like it's gonna look at it and go, no, this is all this all adds up in my head. This is what I want to see. This is this game is here to stay. This is gonna be healthy. So yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great endorsement for the game. And I mean, it's PR speak, but when you read PR speak, you can you can read between the lines. 
Mm, it's like, of course, they would say something different if they were a little worried. Yeah. You know, if they had a little bit of caution, they they would say something else than this. They would be managing still, expectations somehow. It would still be it would still be a positive statement, but it would not have this like full steam ahead spin on it. I agree. So let's, let's that out. Let's hit some of the highlights here. So the thing that most people want to know about is when organized play officially starts, and we have an idea <laughs> organized play starts in may in north america and in europe uh let's talk about this uh baker what 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 do you think about that i'm i'm excited like we've we've got we basically got told as much as we could assume in some respects you will be getting a north american and a european championship and that will be what qualify you have to qualify for that and through the league um, and then that will qualify you for the world championships, which is taking place next year. So that we could have surmised so much, but at least we have some dates. Like it, they've narrowed it down a little bit for us. So it's a, it's a great start it's, as far as I'm concerned for the information. Um, there's obviously other things to talk about that were brilliant uh, to hear from this announcement, but I'll wait until you get to those points of it. But yeah, no, it's good to like know that we're not too far away. We've only got a month really to until they will start telling us how we can qualify and when those events are actually going to start. So yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. And some of the things I notice is that there's a, we have a lot of new terms we're going to have to start using and getting used to. Uh, the official name for the competitive circuit is Disney Lorcana challenge. DLC. So that's what that's is challenge circuit. James. What is challenge? <laughs> It was a very hotly debated topic before the game was released because we just had the cards and it talked about how certain cards are challengers or win challenging. So, so many people are like, oh, this is what challenging is. And so often, what is what is challenge? Yeah. So we're going to get the start in May and then sometime at near the end of the year is when if that's when the regional start is in May. And then sometime near the end of the year uh, will be the respective North American and European championships. Mm -hmm. And then from there, the winners of that will be invited to the Disney Lorcana world championship, which is going to be early 2025. And the top four players from each regional will get to go to the championship in North America or Europe. And then the big one, uh, I don't know how many are. They haven't, they haven't narrowed it down. They just said like top, top contestants. Yeah. So to be to to be confirmed, I assume. And apparently, there will be additional opportunities to qualify at the event for the championship world championships. So that's interesting comment. That's kind of like what a lot of people are kind of. I don't know if people are really paying attention to that, but the regionals won't be, or the national championship won't be the only way to go to worlds. Apparently. I'm just saying, I'm the first unofficial fan of Lorcana. You can check my Twitter bio, so I think I should probably be there. Probably. Just an auto-buy auto to Worlds. <laughs> yeah. I am for it. That, that's probably the only way I'm going to make it, if I'm being honest. No! But, uh, not, with, not, not with that attitude. Come on. <laughs> right, come on. Okay, but what do you what guys think about Worlds being invitation only? To be honest, um, I'm... What I would I would precipice this by saying I am glad that it mentioned specifically that Worlds is likely to be 
part of a larger event. Um, obviously, we can dissect that a bit more and speculate what that might be exactly. But I, th I think it says at the very least that even if you aren't qualified to play in Worlds, you will be able to go, you will be able to experience it. It will be a whole event, I dare say, with like there'll, like, be, a, there'll be a stage for like for the, the casted games. There'll be, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Ryan Mills and Steve Warner there uh, to make an announcement, to say thank you to everyone and to, uh, like to the fans and to the company. Maybe we get a bit of information um, about like the, the name of the next set or something special and i'm glad that you don't have to qualify to actually be a part of that magic that i think is absolutely a, a good decision but i don't disagree with saying hey if you want to play in the world championships of lorcana you've got to earn it so do we think now it says it's part of a larger open event it could be one of two things that could be an event that they're running that they're just running like uh i think magic runs like a weekend of events that are not all for just the world championship, but there's a bunch of other events just for people to go and have fun doing, or it could be at a convention. It could just be a part of a convention where they run it at a, like a PAX convention or something like that, you know, whatever it may be. We don't know yet. I had someone, um, as you ever, uh, referred to earlier, I, I, I released a video going over this myself earlier and I had someone leave a comment, say speculating that it could be at D23. It cannot be. Can it not? I didn't know not. a lot about it, but go on, please put me right. The D23 is in August. Plus of this, of this of year. This year. And then it won't happen oh, again right. for two years. And there's yeah. one in oh, Brazil. That, that does take that off then. There is now a D23 happening in Brazil, but that is happening, hmm. I think, in like November. I see. Set championships at your local game store. If that's not exciting enough, we saw probably the thing that everybody was talking about the most, which mm -hmm. is the promo enchanted stitch card and the stitch playmat. I mean, I wish we had visual for this. Like, I wish this is the part where people could look at the screen and see this enchanted card because it is stunning. If what do you, you guys think about this? Yeah, if you haven't seen this stitch card yet, which I don't know how if you're following Larkana. Go look at it right now. It's by Nicholas Cole, who, of course, we know did a bunch of amazing cards from both sets. And it is stellar. It is amazing. It's beautiful. So go look. The entire community has gone full Gollum. Must have the I'm guilty. That's me. That's me. I don't know how many memes I posted about it today. <laughs> and not enough is the answer to that question. <laughs> that it's I mean, beautiful like I'm, i'll be honest as well like uh, uh, i'm gonna get some hate stitch is not a favorite character for me i've got nothing against him i'm not like oh i don't like stitch he's just never been one of my big standout like favorites he's fine but this card is just beautiful like you can't deny it like it's so cool uh yeah though like people will go out of their way to try and win this card and apparently the top four at the at the local event and this is called a set championship which means and they're basically the way it's 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 coming out is they're going to have like one set championship per set um and they'll send the promo and the playmats because the top four will get a promo and then the top two will also get a playmat that says champion on it and it's of course of the same image 
Um, and this is interesting because they said it's going to happen like kind of near the end, but not at the end of a set. So I think it's at April for uh, Into the Inklands is when this is going to happen. And we'll find out uh, the in you know the details about it uh, in February, late February. Yep. Mm. yep. It'll be interesting to see if they will go through the sets in order now. So like this first one was Rockstar Stitch. Will the second set be an Enchanted from uh, Rise of the Floodborne that we didn't already get and so on and so forth? Or if they'll switch it up based on what they think is a cool card to do at the time or well something that will be well received? Flounder, flounder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna I'm happen really, eventually, of course. <laughs> I'm curious to see how that all plays out. How that all plays out. So, the other piece of news that we got, and uh, I mean, it's a little under the radar because this is more geared towards brand new players, which is crazy to think, guys. We're only two sets into this, <laughs> and they're already building products for new players in mind. It's called the Gateway Playset. And it has two decks of 30 and this whole thing this. that you uh, go through to eventually build your deck up to 60 cards. And it's designed to teach little kids and people who are new, probably to TCGs in general, um, how to play the game. So I think that's really neat that they're expanding their product offering. And I mean, anything to help this game grow, anything to get new people into the game, I think is a, is a positive. For sure. And it's coming out with set five in August of this year. Uh, and I, that's a year after the game was released. So I think that's a good thing at the one year mark to start coming out with, Hey, you know, you want to start, here's how to build a deck. And I think it comes with these little standees of characters that you can put out when you play a card. I mean, yeah. I'm going to get it just for the the cool little extra stuff that comes in it. Uh, so, I mean, it's still going to be bought by people who know how to play the game because who knows what extra cool stuff is going to be inside it. Right. Yeah, I dare say at the very least there's a couple of boosters in there as well. Um, or a pretty box. Like yeah. at this point, I buy the troves. Well, like the troves are getting better, but even if they weren't getting better as they are, I'd have kept buying a trove every um set just for the box. Right. So yeah, but no, I'm really excited for this. I'd like exactly as you say, anything that helps more people, like not only be tempted to pick up the game, but be able to like learn it at a good pace if it comes with everything you need yeah just big tick yep and i like the idea that you start with a 30 card deck and then you, while playing the game you get to pull the cards from like little prize packs or whatever as you finish accomplishments until when you're done with the game you have a full 60 card deck you can go to a you know a league event and go play the game with a deck i think that's really cool mm -hmm. i mean it'll be interesting to see what cards are in it like this is the this is the big part of speculation that really is like how many of the cards in there are going to be chase cards in the meta um are you going to be able to get yourself a copy of rapunzel from this beast tragic hero maleficent monstrous dragon are they going to put any of those sort of big chase cards in there to, as an easier way of picking them up we shall see we shall see. So that brings us to the last thing I want to talk about as far as organized play. And this is the stuff that unfortunately most people focused on is what we need to know next. And I'm talking specifically like dates, cities. What are you guys looking most forward to learning next about organized play? Um, 
I'm most looking forward to when and where I can play at all of these things and how far and how often I'm going to have to travel. <laughs> yeah, I think two quick standpoints. One from a personal standpoint, same as everyone. I need some dates and locations because I need to be able to plan this stuff well in advance. Um, as many people will be in that same boat. So from a personal standpoint, that from a standpoint of my overall love uh, want for this game to be amazing and great. I want to hear some confirmation about um, age brackets in league. That's something I want them to confirm about a kids league, seniors, masters, whatever it is. I'm talking Pokemon terms here, but are you going to have a ages five to 10 and then like 11 to 16 and then, 17 and above that's that's that i think that's an important thing to have so i'm really interested to see if that is a road that they're going to go down he goes up against these people that have metadex and it is just like a struggle like i'm frustrated for him so um i i hope they do i don't know if they will at the beginning but i think eventually when the game's more established like i don't expect year one for them to have the same type of program that pokemon or magic has but hopefully as they get more experience under their belt that those types of things get introduced. Yeah. Um, I think the other things that I've seen people in the community talking a lot about is number one, judges program. Like a lot of people really want to know about the judges program and number two, comprehensive rules. Like all these things are things that we were hoping would, we'd at least have an idea of when we'd be getting information about it. And, and I'm the same, like I was, hoping to wake up when OP was announced today's announcement that I would be able to like start planning my trips, <laughs> but, but now we have to wait till March, I guess. So yeah. we'll see the day will come, but guys, Robinsberger, if you're listening, we wouldn't care. Blink once if it's Gen Con, blink twice. If it's D 23, we'll get you. They could be blinking right now. And would we ever How see would it? We know. How would okay. <laughs> Send me a tweet. With a blink, <laughs> yeah, send a tweet with a blink, one wink emoji or two wink emojis. <laughs> how, how crazy would that be if the official account just sent out a random tweet with a blink? <laughs> no context. <laughs> oh man, all right, moving on, James. Uh, the only other news we got is when the like the specific dates for the upcoming sets for the rest of the year, uh, which we kind of knew it's every three months February, May, August, November, just like we expected. If you don't know the the very specific dates, you can look it up. But it's it's pretty much what we expected. One uh, thing I do think is interesting on that, uh, why why you bring that up is uh, I think it's set six will be the first set that was worked on post chapter what first chapter release I believe when yeah. that when they would when they just released first chapter they were just finishing up set five, so set six will be the first one where they had feedback. So, I'm Bloodborne Flowers set that... six. Is that what I'm hearing you say? <laughs> that is exactly what you're hearing me say. <laughs> but no, that'd be interesting to see, like, if there's anything that we, not that we'll ever know, but unless they tell us, but it will be interesting to see if there's anything that we can speculate. Oh, I wonder if that's because, you know what I mean? Even if we're wrong, speculating's fun. Yeah. Yes, that's for sure. Speculate all. All right, so we are now on to the regular uh, news and information and interview of the podcast. And let's talk 
some deck tech and specs. So, Baker, what deck are you taking to locals this week? And what are its favorable or unfavorable matchups? Uh, if I was going to locals this week and card pool wasn't an issue because with real cardboard, I only have the stuff from Ruby Amethyst. Mm-hmm. But if card pool was, I know, I know. Uh, you I'll are tell you, a I'll villain. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. I'll be honest, My uh, it was the deck I wanted to build, but in like my first two boxes that I ever got, a first chapter, I managed to hit like three of the monstrous dragons. Uh, the, the, I managed to hit most of the stuff, so I was like, okay, it makes more sense now to just finish this. Um, but if the carpool was not an issue, I would be playing um, R- Ambi Ruba Mufasa, which is my favorite deck at the moment and has been for a while. Um, I played it in an, an online tournament um, that took place not too long ago. We, we had a 6-3 record, which I was pretty happy with. Really happy with the, how the deck played. It's raising in popularity, and not just as a combination with Ruby, but obviously we're seeing a lot of green Fasa popping up as well. The evasive package. Just overall, like, Mufasa proving himself more and more is a, a great card, and specifically, like, works well into Be Prepared, um, which is why I think it tends to have good Ruby Amethyst matchups, because it's an aggro deck in itself that can be that can that can see the opponent go here to be prepared and then you can go hey here's a top card of my deck oh here's something cool so i'm really enjoying the deck i think it's good i think it's really fun um from a tech perspective um i was i've been playing goofies in mine which i think are a like an absolute necessity if nothing else just down to the amount of um stylish surfer mini that is just such a powerful card. She's all in all of those Ruby Amethyst decks, which is, let's be real, most of your field in most tournaments. Um, deals with her really easily. Again, there's a raise of, a raise of evasive in general. I think just like we didn't, a lot of the meta wasn't taking evasive seriously enough. So it's been able to slip under a lot of um, a lot of decks because people aren't running counters for it. Whereas now, as more recently, because it's been doing well, you're seeing things like Fidget from Ruby or Peter Pan Shadow from amethyst um and in in steel we're seeing the inclusion of jafar rule vizier in sapphire we're seeing cruella deville just as ways to get around these evasive characters that are doing really well but yeah i like goofy in it because he can deal with all the other evasive characters but his four willpower means he survives most um so yeah that's that that's the, that's the way i like to play with that the worst matchup to be honest is the mirror uh because it just becomes a who who started first like who who began the quest race first and didn't miss basically so other than that i think um uh Amber ruby mufasa has great matches into a lot of the meta i have a fun story about that oh please go ahead i go played ahead. it this week at my locals great how'd it go yeah. and i used i used goofy i actually threw a couple of tiggers in there and i threw yeah, in yeah. one one blt yep yeah, 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 yeah. Because cool. I never get to play with Mickey. I mean, it, he's he's the icon for the set, right? For for Lorcana, he's it. So I I never get to play with him. So I threw him in, and uh, so I I was matched up in my second round of locals with guess who, steadfast, the oh. the main proponent and and yeah. the, the guy who basically was like, here's here's the Amber Ruby Mufasa deck you need to use. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he beat me. It was the only, my only loss for the night. I went three and one with the. Hey, that's a, that's a good record. 
And uh, so, yeah, the matchups. Yeah, you're right. Mirror, he had the same deck. Uh, he he had a few other tech uh, things that he was trying out. Um, but uh, it was like, yeah, whichever one of us got started first and was able to to get those cards out, easy win. He didn't draw well in the first game, and I just landslide, went right by, you know, one easy. And then he won the next two. But the rest of the matches, um, even against uh, – I played a, a Ruby Amethyst, and I won just because I was able to outrace him before they really got – a chance to get anything good out on the board by turn seven. So it was fine. And that same thing happened with both uh, Sapphire Steel was one of the other ones. And mm -hmm. I can't remember what the final one was. But yeah, I just outraced everybody because it's a really nice aggro deck. If you can get those everything out on curve, you're doing well. Yeah, really strong deck. So I want to move on now. Um, you kind of came out of nowhere in set two. Like maybe you were around. I'm sure I saw you on the radar, but it was the craziest thing when you got a reveal for when you got a reveal card for Rise of the Floodborne. Can you tell mm -hmm. us the story behind that? Yeah. Um, so it was reveal season. Um, obviously, like the ball had started rolling, but at this point, it was still IGN, the gamer, these big established. Like not just a Locana or a TCG outlet, like a news outlet for gaming and all things nerd, essentially. Um, so they hadn't really even they had kind of just started rolling around to doing YouTubers. Um, and I think before I got mine, I think I'd seen it was the big ones. It was like Lumateers and Inkwell like the the established big Lorcana YouTubers um that had like were getting them. And there was no way that I was expecting it like as, definitely not that soon. It was something that I definitely was aspiring for to build to a place where they would see me as worthy of such a thing. But there was no way that I thought it was gonna happen then. But um I was doing card reviews for Rise of Floodborne stuff as as they were being released. I tend to review in big bigger chunks, like 12 to 15 cards at a time. Um, and they I was reviewing the world's greatest criminal mind, which they had just announced from Amber, which had already become a bit of a thing on my channel that I burst into song a lot in general, and I'd made it clear that um Basil was my favorite Disney film, Ratigan was my favorite villain. Uh, and that was Greatest Criminal Mind is pretty much my favorite Disney song. Um, and I, I, I'd i been singing it for ages, even before we got confirmation that any Rattigan cards were coming. Because, like, we got them all. We got, like, Dinner Bell, Ring the Bell, World's Greatest Criminal Mind. You got a lot of Rattigan stuff, like, in the All Came with Rise of the Floodboard. And, yeah, because it was starting to come out, I was singing it more and more. And because I'd started paying more attention to Twitter as well, I thought I'd share a little clip of me just bursting into songs, singing World's Greatest Criminal Mind, um, and share it. And a lot of people seemed to find it fun and enjoyable, and there was a lot of interaction with it. And then maybe about an hour or so after uploading it, Disney Lorcana Twitter themselves commented on it, saying, I'm paraphrasing, but we love this, uh, never stop singing. We love it. So along those lines. Um, so I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, 
cool they like of course they like it's a if especially if you're a content creator it's 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 a it's a privilege to have the official site choose to interact with you because especially if you if you if you look they don't really interact with a lot like they don't even tweet that much in general so don't get me wrong there's the odd post here or there that they've had in the months that the game's been out but not a great deal so i already took that as a huge honor um and then they followed me straight away and i was like oh okay and that 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 was mind blowing enough because i was just like okay they know i exist <laughs> that's a good start that's that's as much as i could have possibly hoped for this early on and then less than a week later i can't remember how long at this point but yeah less than a week later just was in the middle of editing something suddenly messages twitter just the casual oh, what's this whoa that's disney locana <laughs> didn't even open it i just literally just leaned back in my seat just staring at it for about a good 30 seconds like and you could see the first few lines of a tweet of a message can't you it was something on the lines of hey locana villain would you like to <laughs> and i was like <laughs> this could still be bad i don't know but i clicked it and it was a message saying would you like to do a car reveal on your channel and i burst into tears if i'm honest because it was uh there are not words like i i knew how lucky i was as such a newer unestablished creator to get that opportunity i didn't understand why if i'm honest there was a lot of imposter syndrome it like if i'm being entirely real there was a lot of like there after the first oh my god oh my god yes 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 whoa well i'm not ready this they, are they sure i don't know man like uh people that uh, nah i don't know like then it becomes anxiety like oh am i the right person to be doing this am i like am i gonna do this justice are people gonna be annoyed at me like <laughs> all those things that like those bad vibes that attack you sometimes um so yeah there was a lot of imposter syndrome i like i i still don't know why uh but i wasn't going to i wasn't gonna look a gift horse in the mouth and i i, I was like thank you so much i would absolutely love to but then not only that the fact that the card they gave me was the most diabolical scheme which is literally a ratigan card literally the, the the it's not even a line in a song but it's the prelude bit of speech that goes into world's greatest criminal mind so i could not have asked for more this like it could not have been more perfect it was a ratigan card it was a villain based card and it was just a card reveal it could have been anything and i would have been absolutely like astounded but yeah that it was it was crazy it was insane and I, and i do know how privileged i was and i'm very very grateful and it will be a memory that will live with me my entire life if 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 that's the only one i ever get i will always be grateful for it well let me tell you anybody who's been listening this long or anybody who's listened to you we know why you got that reveal <laughs> it's pretty clear i mean just even listening to you recount that story i have goosebumps and your enthusiasm your energy your passion for the game is contagious and it's very obvious and they obviously picked up on that right away so the the other thing that shows is your accent <laughs> so you live in the uk i do 
what is the experience like uh Lorcana? What's the experience like for Lorcana? Like local shops, being able to find products, all that kind of stuff. What's it like over there? Yeah. So I have I, I can answer the question, but I have a slightly more limited uh experience with it because because my full-time job is I'm a full-time care for my mum. I don't get to go out that often. But that being said, I have made the effort to a few times, specifically for Lorcana. In fact, I haven't left the house for anything other, Lorca, other than Lorcana in, in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have managed, managed to get out a few times. So um, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say this. I, I live... Not far from an area in the UK called Reading. So if, if for any UK listeners, you've probably heard of Reading. Or even if you're not from, from England, um, Reading Festival is quite a famous music festival that some people might have heard of. But anyway, that's the main big city close to where I am. And um, there's a really nice local game store there, which is really hidden away. You've literally got to know where it is and like be looking for it. Because you've got these two... like big main streets that have got all these huge shopping centers and your big names of like your big chain stores. And then there's just this really random small alley going through the middle. Um, Is it Diagon Alley? It's actually called Smelly Alley, if we're going to get into it, but... (laughs) we won't we won't discuss that we we're not we're not gonna we're not unpackaging that but if you go down smelly alley and you're looking for it hidden away there's actually this really nice local game store which um like they've got two floors for like they have D nights they have all sorts of tabletop gaming um like it is a really nice well-run uh local game store and it's actually although they've moved venue the the business has been in reading um, it's called Eclectic Games. They've been there for 20 years plus because I remember going there to play Yu-Gi-Oh when I was a teenager. Um, so yeah, they're very established. And as such, they had a lot of chapter one product. They managed to secure a lot, a lot, a lot. And I was able to pick up two booster boxes. Well, one at a time because it was one box per customer uh, per day. But Twice I was able to walk into that store without pre-ordering a week or so after release. And I was able to just say, could I have a booster box of the first chapter? Yes, you can. So very lucky in that sense that that was quite easy to get. Um, It was not the same for Rise of the Floodborne. If it makes you feel any better, it was a 12 pack limit and wasn't able to get as many from there. Um, But yeah, chapter one, my experience was, I was pretty lucky. Um, I was able to get product without too much of an issue although i was only getting so much um and then my other experience was going more into london where i went to an actual i went to two events uh, a place called dark sphere um the first event i went to there was a sealed box event so it was pay 130 pound for your ticket you get a whole booster box build your deck from that play five rounds for some additional pack surprising and that was a lot of fun. Really, really enjoyed that. And then I went to another event there a couple of weeks later where it was a winner case event. So a big tournament. And I um, I absolutely choked and I didn't have fun at all. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, chapter one, I had an easier time getting product than, than Floodborne, but I was still able to get Floodborne. In terms of community, every opponent I've had, uh, both these, these two local game stores I've attended, 
everyone's been fantastic. The organization has been fantastic. Nothing but good things to say from my own experience. So you have been talking about how you, you know, were able to get product from the first chapter. So that leads me to my next question. What got you into Lorcana in the first place? Mm-hmm. I've been a huge Disney nerd for a, my whole life. Um, so without getting into the sad panda face, growing up, I didn't, uh, with just me and my mum, didn't have a lot. I didn't have access to, I eventually got a Sega and then a PlayStation 1 and all, all these things. But I got them maybe three or four years after the, like most kids were getting them. Because that was just the circumstances of my life. But what I did have was Disney, Disney videotapes, uh, like a, a loads of them. That was one thing that we would always get as like presents and stuff like that. So I had all the classics on videotape and I would just rewatch them relentlessly. I wasn't much of a reader. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much my entertainment all the time. Um got really into the song specifically um I, I don't know i just as a kid i just the fact the idea of bursting into song in the middle of a really serious discussion i just found fascinating so i've dedicated my life to it <laughs> but yeah i just such a close affinity with disney films in general to the point where i i studied musical theater my whole from from age 11 i started doing musicals and like becoming interested in acting and singing did that like as a hobby up until I was 16 and then it became my studies and then college and then university and it be kind of became my life like in a, it, not not that my life became a Disney film but from a musical standpoint that captivated me so much that I dedicated my entire life to saying this is what I want to do I want to be an actor and singer in theatre and do that i want to act and but and, and sing and dance and do all those things so it's always been something that has closely resonated with my life um as well as just like I, i'm i'm a fan of stories like th deep down my my passions are related to love of stories and disney's got some of the most beautiful classic tales ever written so they're captivating the like the characters have resonated and stuck with me the songs so i've always been such an avid disney fan so big tick on the disney front card game front um i discovered card games when i was about 11 when i discovered Yu-Gi-Oh. um start I started with the just watching the anime and then oh you can actually buy these cards oh these are cool um managed to get some cards Oh, this is really cool. Oh, I'm really interested in this. Oh, suddenly I'm like getting a bit better at maths and all these little things that come hand in hand with skills of trading card game. And it focused me. I was a troubled child and it kept me out of trouble. Let's put it that way. Uh, like it gave me a focus. It gave me something to put my energy into. If that makes sense to you, it makes sense to you. If it doesn't, I don't know how to make it make sense. Uh, but yeah, so card games really captivated me as well. Like I, I took Yu-Gi-Oh really seriously from 
like of it not 11 my mum wasn't I wasn't able to like go off to tournaments but by age 13 from going to local game stores I had met some kids a little bit older than me my mum had met them enough to trust them and that I was able to start going to tournaments a little bit outside of town and as I got older to like 15 16 and I got a bit more freedom to travel off a bit more to the point where the one and only time I've ever been to America was to play Yu-Gi-Oh I flew to California when I was 18 for SJC California, a huge event. We flew there on the Wednesday. I got terribly, terribly sick, like the, one of the sickest I've ever been in my life and spent the Wednesday night, Thursday and Friday in the hotel while the three guys I with went off and explored California. I didn't get to do any of that. I got a recovered just enough on the Saturday to go to a leisure center, play card games all weekend and flew home. Oh, so terrible. there's just one story but yeah card games really like were a big part of my teenage years then when i went off to college and uni i kind of had to stop it all to focus on my career but i, I kept a passing interest and then a, a few years ago i started getting into pokemon trading card game just online exclusively because it's, it's a really expensive hobby and not just from money it robs you of your funds and your time so i try and keep a, a stick on it but as soon as I saw the promotional stuff for Disney Lorcana, I was like, you have just taken two things that are such huge passions of mine and just run them together and there's no way I'm going to be able to resist. And yeah, just fell in love with it. And here, and here we are. <laughs> all right. So we'll talk about all the content in a bit, but I'm going to be like a broken record because I'm talking about your voice again. You have an amazing singing and talking voice. Uh, so... I, and you obviously have studied uh, for this. So can we expect or have you considered creating some kind of Lorcana musical? Evan, when I discovered Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, start, I started with the just watching the anime and then, oh, you can actually buy these cards. Oh, these are cool. Um, managed to get some cards. Oh, this is really cool. Oh, I'm really interested in this. Oh, suddenly I'm like getting a bit better at maths and all these little things that come hand in hand with, skills of trading card game and it focused me i was a troubled child and it kept me out of trouble let's put it that way uh, like it gave me a focus it gave me something to put my energy into if that makes sense to you it makes sense to you if it doesn't i don't know how to make it make sense uh but yeah so card games really captivated me as well like i i took Yu-Gi-Oh really seriously from like of it, not 11 my mum wasn't I wasn't able to like go off to tournaments but by age 13 from going to local game stores I had met some kids a little bit older than me my mum had met them enough to trust them and that I was able to start going to tournaments a little bit outside of town and as I got older to like 15 16 and I got a bit more freedom to travel off a bit more to the point where the one and only time I've ever been to America was to play Yu-Gi-Oh I flew to California when I was 18 for SJC California, a huge event. We flew there on the Wednesday. I got terribly, terribly sick, like the, one of the sickest I've ever been in my life and spent the Wednesday night, Thursday and Friday in the hotel while the three guys I with went off and explored California. I didn't get to do any of that. I got a recovered just enough on the Saturday to go to a leisure center, play card games all weekend and flew home. 
That's so terrible. there's just one story but yeah card games really like were a big part of my teenage years then when i went off to college and uni i kind of had to stop it all to focus on my career but i, I kept the passing interest and then a, a few years ago i started getting into pokemon trading card game just online exclusively because it's, it's a really expensive hobby and not just from money it robs you of your funds and your time so i try and keep a, a stick on it but as soon as I saw the promotional stuff for Disney Lorcana, I was like, you have just taken two things that are such huge passions of mine and just run them together and there's no way I'm going to be able to resist. And yeah, just fell in love with it. And here, and here we are. <laughs> Amen. Same story. That's a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll talk about all the content in a bit, but on a, I'm going to be like a broken record because I'm talking about your voice again. You have an amazing singing and talking voice. Uh, so, I, and you obviously have studied uh, for this. So, can we expect or have you considered creating some kind of Lorcana musical? Yes. Um... <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> more way towards the have you considered <laughs> uh, so, so i'll be honest um i i probably have five ideas a day of things that i want to do i have adhd which doesn't help <laughs> um and i'm very i'm like i'm always trying to be creative and so many times a day I'll see something or like listen to something and think of something like that'd be cool, whether it's a lyric or a story or an idea for a new piece of content. I I I I I kid you not, a few weeks ago I was having a one hour in-depth, really serious conversation with a friend of mine about the idea of starting a new series on my channel where i was going to get like a long cloak and hood looking like a dementor i was going to get change my back screen to like thunder and lightning on a castle and i was going to be like the law kind of quiz man and i was going to turn up and go i have these questions to ask you about Lorcana and if you can't answer them then this glimmer of mickey will be destroyed forever and like try and make it really kid pantomime friendly and that was an idea i genuinely went down for like an hour before i was like no no i'm not feeling it anymore but my point being i have ideas all the time of things i want to do some of them stick some of them i'm able to commit to and work all the way through but i can't do everything but yes look out of the music was certainly something that has been considered the treading the water of that was me doing the lorcana community sings bell from beauty and the beast which obviously your good self got involved in which i thank oh, you oh yeah for. that that was such a fun moment like i don't even remember the original comment but somebody's like you and rebecca from the luminary need to get together and sing a song and i was like bell and gaston <laughs> And uh, man, things That's just wide. snowballed from there. And then you graciously asked me if I wanted to help. And I recorded the voice of LeFou. And um, you're so kind and so gracious because I, I can hear it. It's not great. I even told you my son sent me a message. 
He said, Dad, not gonna lie, that was pretty cringe. So <laughs> that's your that's you can't you can't take that. That's <laughs> you're too hard on yourself. I, I, I like I said to you at the time, if like if if I if it had been that bad, I would have asked you to do it again. <laughs> so it was fun though. Like yeah, that's something I that it. I would never do ever. So when you asked me if I was interested in doing it, I was like, you know what, why not? Why not? And I don't know. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But but yeah, so like that was kind of testing the waters for it. And like there's a few people that have done like, you know, original songs like John T's done his skits where he changes the lyrics. And I've seen a couple of other uh, creators that like like Rebecca, as you talk about, did the same thing for Christmas. So, um, so yeah. There's already been some cog spinning where like I've been listening to a song and like I'm in the in my head, I'm I'm changing the lyrics to make it Lorcana. I just need to find the time to sit down and commit to it. But knowing me, it is absolutely something that I will eventually do. Have just... you watched Remy on YouTube? He does parodies of for Magic the Gathering. No, I, I'm not a Magic the Gathering guy, so no. Not well, I'm not either, but YouTube has figured out my algorithm and feeds me these. They're awesome, and I could totally see you doing something like that. I'm going to send you a couple of his videos so you can see what I'm talking about. Please do. So Please do. All I want to know is, is one of the ideas like the lament of Martin. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, though, like that 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 is that is a perfect place for for a soliloquy. Like if you if you're if we're if we're if we're all mentally in the place of the, in that video where Martin's approaching the big seaweed covered room and he's got the he's he's got his little banjo. <laughs> that would be the time where he would give like Martin's soliloquy. Absolutely. All right, there you go. Challenge you go. challenge accepted. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I think we all want to know. I mean. I guess we probably come around to this just from our conversation, but how did you settle on the name Lorcana Villain? Yeah, uh, so two reasons. Um, one of them, one of them personal, one of them business. So, from a personal standpoint, as I've alluded to, I've spent most of my life uh, either trying to be or being um, an actor or singer. And I have always been cast as the villains. There are a few exceptions here and there, especially when, when I was in college and uni, where they specifically give you things that aren't your strength to like get you to practice different things. Like it doesn't make sense for you to go to uni and then them go, you're really good at doing the villainous types. Let's get you to just keep doing that so you learn nothing. Like they're meant to put you in deeper waters. But by and large, I have always been cast as those sort of roles. I'm tall, slim. I'm creepy looking. I've got a deep voice. Um, and these things are just all add up to, to villainous. And I've just always been more fascinated by villains. They've always been the more interesting characters for me ever since I was a kid. Um, not just in Disney, but in most mediums, really. Um, they've just been the I've just thought they're just cooler than they, they often have the more interesting stories. So yeah, I've always been a fan of villains, and it has been a bit of a running thing throughout my career that I always get cast as the villains. Um, so it's it's a big part of my personality. So that was a big part of it. I wanted to lean into that. 
but also from a business perspective, I knew I wanted Lorcana in my name because I just wanted to be fully branded to Lorcana. And that's always a good thing in the algorithm. Um, if people are typing Lorcana anyway, then if your channel name has Lorcana in it, then that's going to narrow it down. And not only that, how many people a day do you think Without looking for me, type in. I want to. I think I want to build a villain deck. Lucana villain deck. Who comes up? <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I see villains getting good, I just lean back. I get my cat. Oh, you are diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> and I, especially because most of my content is deck lists. So if you type in villain deck Lucana you will find one of my top eight tech lists more than likely. So, I, so I yeah. I talk to you it's, about it's branding. <laughs> no one, so, no yeah. one's searching. How do I become a, a really good and nice Lorcana citizen? <laughs> so, I need a citizens <laughs> of Lorcana deck. People that are citizens. Yeah. No, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't. No. <laughs> Nailed One it. day we'll get the citizen keyword, and your time will come. <laughs> where, uh, where were you when I was creating this this uh, account? Just teasing. I don't. You didn't want to be a villain, though. No, no. I, you know, I like I like where I've landed on. I'm right. happy. With well, it. well, uh, aspiring. If you're if you if you are a aspiring content creator, may I suggest Lorcana Princess? That would be the other side of that same coin how many people are going to type in i want to build a princess deck look on a princess deck so there you go there's some free marketing for you <laughs> the marketing all right price. all right i'm gonna scrap <laughs> citizens of lorcana rebrand with the launch of this podcast i can't wait back on track yeah as i say yeah, speaking of uh new ideas for content creators we do like to ask this of other content creators. What piece of advice would you give to an aspiring content creator? Yeah, so I've prepared a few things to say to this because I do think that this is something I think is important. Um, so if you are out there and you're thinking you would like to become a content creator, um, then first thing I would absolutely say above anything else, do not break the bank buying equipment. Don't think that you need to immediately go out and buy a mic that's worth hundreds of pounds slash dollars slash whatever your currency is, like top-notch camera, you do not need it. I, to this day, have a ring light, a 25-pound ring light, and I have made that work for two YouTube channels. I started off with a... I can't even remember the name of the brand because it was 25 pound, but my first mic was, again, really, really cheap. I have been on a Blue Yeti for the last year, uh, which is one step up. That cost me about £85, but I still do not feel the need to go out and get one of these three, four, five, six hundred pound mics. Don't get me wrong. If you have tons of disposable income and you can afford it and you want it, by all means, knock yourself out. Go ahead and do it. But if you if you if you are not in that position, don't think that you need to go by like breaking the bank, getting all this top notch equipment. Honestly, simplicity will do a lot of the time um, off the back of that. Um, people will forgive almost anything 
but they will not forgive bad audio in my in my experience of people watching youtube content like they'll forgive you bad video the bad jokes but bad audio it tends to be one of the first things to put people off beyond that my advice will change based on what it is you're looking for if you are looking to have fun and just enjoy content creation then the number one piece of advice is make what's going to make you happy. Make what you're passionate about. Do things that you feel like you can talk about. Don't force yourself to talk about subjects that you don't care about just because it will get clicks in quotations. Because it will it will come through that you are not passionate about it that you don't care about it there's absolutely no absolutely no point i would rather hear you talk about something that i don't care about but you're passionate about if you're passionate about it you will sell it to me i will sell me like it's it's the wolf of wall street thing uh sell me this sell, sell me this watch or whatever it is um if you are passionate about something you will sell it so if you want to have fun then focus on that if your mindset is that you want to make this a career, I still think the the previous advice stands, make what you're passionate about, make sure you like don't force yourself to talk about things that you don't care about. But in the form of actual advice that isn't just generic, find something that makes you different. Find your niche. Find what it is that you can bring to a piece of content that isn't available anywhere anywhere else and i can't tell you what that is that can be some and it, it's going to be different for everybody um i like there's one youtuber I, I watch just because they've got a really good intro and it's really unique and it's catchy and it means i will always at least click their video there are other people who uh shout out to um knife the nerd youtube creator and on twitter they've got this little caricature that does the does the basically does the talking it's different it's something that is only on their channel you will not see that anywhere else it can be as simple as that but i think having some sort of niche something that makes you different something that makes you stand out is good to have and it might take you some time to find that and that's okay or maybe it doesn't like i i came in from day one being like well i like to burst into songs so i'm doing that <laughs> like sometimes you might have an idea about what it is you can bring and sometimes you discover it on the journey and there's nothing wrong with that let yourself go on that journey and just enjoy it don't get hung up on the numbers as well which i know is easy to say i i, I like i i can i sometimes i can hear the response to things i say in my head like well, it's easy to say from someone that like gets a, res a respectable view count I do, but I didn't always, you know, like you've, you've, you've got to, you've got, you've got to build it up. Um, you can't, you can't get hung up over the numbers. Like if you're making passionate content that you're passionate about, then you will find your tribe. You will find your audience. YouTube's a big old world, but keep trying. Enjoy it. When at the beginning, it's a tough slog. I mean, if you're judging your success based on numbers, you're going to get very discouraged very quickly. Yes. Like yep. you said, the day will come where you find your tribe, you find your people and they will follow you. Like never in my wildest dreams would I imagine that my Twitter account popped off the way that it has. But I mean, these are people that I enjoy engaging with. It's like a community. 
and they'll find you like they'll find you it might take a while but just keep at it and i mean honestly you can ask james with our podcast and youtube i (laughs) i rarely look at numbers we are doing this for fun because we love it and i think everything that you said was great and it shows by the way sorry to cut you off but as a few as a listener of the podcast it shows and that's why among other things that's one of the things that makes your podcast really good in my opinion well thank you thank you last thing to say just as you were saying that and you don't have to do this but i do find it helps mascots see what it's done for breezy and don't get me wrong there's a lot of good things to say about breezy his passion his energy there's a lot of fantastic things to say about breezy i like him a lot i think he's got so much potential to go really really far but just having that mascot of the emperor means that anything that comes up involving Kuzgo, there is a subconscious link to Breezy. And it keeps that image alive. Uh, you could say the same thing about yourself and Flounder. Right. right. And Rattigan's done, done wonders for me. So if you can find a mascot and like, but it has to be, it has to be authentic. It can't, can't be just forced. Pick, yeah. Yeah, you can't just pick something and go, that's my mascot. Like, there's got to be some... Why is it your mascot, though? But if you have got that with a character, show us. like, And we'll see it. But yeah, again, you don't have to do that. I'm not saying you'd like, you will not succeed if you don't have a mascot. But if you feel like there's one that suits you, play into it. M- Monday after this drops, everybody's going to have their mascot. <laughs> Everyone pick a card. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Um, let's just do a couple of listener questions here. I put out a call on Twitter and, um, I just want to share a couple of these questions. Okay. So this first one says dream world championship location. Where would you guys like that to be? For me, it's I mean, gotta be Disney world, but that's what I'd have to go with. I mean that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if I if I didn't have to think of all like the semantics to do with finances and stuff, then yeah, that's kind of a perfect answer. Like, yeah, yeah, in Disney World. But um, I've got I've got to say London. Like, of, of course, course. I'm say of London. course. I, I, like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> nice and local, love it. I can't say I blame you there. Okay, if I'm being Disneyland. honest, Las Vegas because it's right here. But Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disneyland James is right the next to Disneyland. That's, that's it, it six is... miles away. It's six miles away from me, so. Yeah, yeah, fair. And, and it kind of just is like, the correct answer. Wherever it is, I just don't want to have to travel halfway across the world. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> that's going to be some random place. Okay, next question. Is there any point entering a championship with a non-meta deck so this person is talking about when you're going for like a stitch rock star enchanted promo i mean yes but also make sure it's a good deck it doesn't have to be a meta deck but it has to be something that you know how to use and is playable you know just don't throw a bunch of cards in there so yes no build build a deck that you you know whatever deck you like it doesn't have to be meta, but yes, go in there with something that you have fun playing, that you know how to play, and have fun playing that game, and see see what happens. I think this goes back to something Baker um, was trying to draw a differentiation on before. 
And by the way, before I carry on, the first question was from the Glimmer Gang. The second question is from Adrian Young. Um, I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, if you're dead set on getting the Stitch promo, let's be honest, you're probably best served by playing a meta deck. Um, But if you are going for the intent of having fun, and if you win a Stitch, that's a nice side bonus. Or if you just want to prove yourself that you can beat the meta decks, then, uh, then obviously don't take a meta deck. But I think for a lot of people that aren't good at homebrewing decks, I mean, I listen to the meta reports. It's like Ruby Amethyst is winning, you know, 60% of the top eights are Ruby Amethyst. So it's hard not to want to go with the numbers when the numbers are there. Yeah. If, if, you, if you want the Rockstar Stitch, you are probably going to need to buy uh, to like to play a meta deck but that being said there are some off meta things that can get you the whole way so find make the best deck you can within your budget and card available yeah. card availability but even if you are not able to build something that you think is even off meta if you want to if you want to if you enjoy lorcana go play learn yep yep amen okay one more question here this is from Matt Lally. Is there any obscure Disney property, character, item, location, whatever, anything Disney related that's a bit under the radar that you want to see in Lorcana that probably won't show up, at least not until like set 50 when they get desperate? So that probably won't show up, did you say? N- not until like set 50. They're like something so random. But then you think about something like mouse armor, okay? That's something that I never would have even been on my radar to be in Lorcana. So you say that because the first bit that's come to mind is from the safe field. <laughs> that if we're going something that we don't think is going to come, or at least not for <laughs> when they get desperate. Um, Mrs. Judson's good pillows. <laughs> but yeah, that's random. That's what I want. This is Mrs. Judson's good pillows <laughs> or her cheese. Mrs. Judson's creek cheese crumpets. Either or. Well, I'm a big well, fan of Mrs. Uh... Judson. What would her good pillows do? <laughs> this character takes uh, minus one damage. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it just gives it's it's extra resist. <laughs> I love it, James. What about you? I'm trying to think of something that would be so far out there that no one would ever think of it. So I think by set fifty, we may be getting in uh, some some live action Disney movies. Uh, not necessarily, you know, everyone's talking about Marvel and Star Wars, but I'm talking about straight Disney. Like Mary Poppins. Like Pirates. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I want the, so as items, I want the items that Condor Man uses in his movie. His suit with the wings, his gun, his car. I want all the Condor Man items. I forgot about Condor Man. Like I remember this conversation now, but I forgot about that until you mentioned it. <laughs> it is like one of the most forgotten Disney movies. I'm googling it as we speak because so no one knows about it. <laughs> um, if, if it's me personally, I mean everybody knows me, and this so will Michael be my... Crawford in it. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my mascot when it comes out, but I'm all about Oswald. And when 
set 50 comes out i would love for there to be like i don't know like there's a episode where oswald's in like a trolley with all of his bunny children maybe we get an oswald trolley and like you can transport <laughs> people to different locations with this trolley there you go so there you go we got oswald trolley we got this film condor man condor man suit and mrs judson's good pillows there you go <laughs> that was that was a good question though top tier matter items <laughs> <laughs> all right shall we move into ending segments here yes let's talk about some real cards because we got a couple of them uh in the last week uh first up we have flotsam and uh he's an emerald which goes along with the new emerald ursula in fact we've got a flotsam and a jetsam they're both uh, named Riffraff as their subname. They're both three-cost inkables. Uh, they uh, are both commons. And Flotsam's uh, uh, ability and uh, stats are a five, two with one lore. And the ability Eerie Pair, your characters named Jetsam, get plus three strength. And Jetsam's ability, uh, he has Ward. He's a 2-2 two, two with two lore, and his eerie pair ability is your character's name Flotsam gain ward. This is pretty cool because these two give each other abilities, and the Amethyst version gave each other abilities, so now they all get each other's abilities. So if you have all four on board, they all have evasive rush ward, and that the Jetsons have addi additional strength. That's pretty crazy. But yeah, also I'm on these fan. is the lore of the game is in the flavor text. Mm -hmm. is, Ursula needs lore to complete her plan. And Jetsam's is there must be powerful lore here. Very powerful. So they're building in to uh, some pretty good lore with this set. And then I would like to point out that both of these are done by artist Brian Kessinger. And these are the first cards he's done. And if you don't know who he is, he has been working for Disney for over 20 years. And he has done things like the layout and background design for Atlantis. He's done work like character work and layout work on a ton of films like Moana, Big Hero 6, Treasure Planet, Winnie the Pooh, Tarzan Tangled, Home on the Range, Bolt, Meet the Robinsons, tons of stuff. And if you have watched it recently, he did the lead. He was the character design lead on Blue Eye Samurai for Netflix. So he is, wow. and he's got his own stuff. He does a lot of steampunk art on his own. So he's like Nicholas Cole, who does a lot of animation work. And now it's really great having someone extra in here doing yeah, some well, artwork. Great for us. Yeah. And and like, and there's a lot of things to say, great things to have with these cards, but the art is, is just stunning. And I love how different it is from the other floats and Jetson, which goes without saying it's different artists, but I like that they are not afraid to show these different, very clearly different artistic style I styles. So yeah, big fans of these. And yeah, like the these strengths are great. You've got to imagine eventually this 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 is just gonna continue and they're gonna get like you're gonna get one that gives him resist, where they're gonna get all the keywords and things like that. And yeah, I love this. It's, and yeah, like evil deck coming. <laughs> yep. So he is. Wow. And he's got his own stuff. He does a lot of steampunk art on his own. So he's like Nicholas Cole, who does a lot of animation work. And now it's really great having someone extra in here doing yeah, some well, artwork. Great for us. 
Yeah. And and like and, and there's a lot of things to say, great things to say about these cards, but the art is is just stunning. And I love how different it is from the other Floatsam and Jetsam, which goes without saying it's different artists, but I like that they are not afraid to show these different, very clearly different artistic style styles. So yeah, big fans of these. And yeah, like the these strengths are great. You've got to imagine eventually this 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 is just going to continue and they're going to get like you're going to get one that gives him resist where they're going to get all the keywords and things like that and yeah i love this and, and yeah like ill deck coming <laughs> yep all righty baker are you ready for some disney jeopardy oh i i mean no but yes <laughs> well we have a very special edition for you it is the disney villain edition ah excellent and you just told us about how much you know so this is probably going to be a walk in oh. the park for you so oh, you're gonna... oh, i'm scared <laughs> do it for 100 <laughs> uh this disney villain sidekicks have names meaning useless or discarded objects wow that's a tough one for 100 can you is repeat it, it this disney villains sidekicks have names meaning useless or discarded objects we just talked about them. Oh wow! I thought I thought that the 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 just talking about them would uh, would fire the the connection. No, it definitely hasn't. <laughs> it still hasn't, James. Oh. Which uh, which which uh, cards were we just talking about? Floats them and jets them, but. There you go. Apparently, their names mean useless or discarded. I did not know that. I I, I didn't know that either. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I had no idea. That was good. When you said the characters we just discussed, I was like, in my head, I was like, floats them and jets them, but that that, that can't be right. <laughs> All right. Well, you're starting off very poorly here. Uh, well, it's my fault. It's only difficult questions. It's only it's only up from here. It's all good. Yeah, okay. For 200, this is what Maleficent uses to send Aurora into eternal slumber. A, a spinning wheel. Ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. There you go. For 300, this is the game Alice has to play with the Queen of Hearts. Croquet. There you go. This is the name of Prince John's slithery assistant in Robin Hood. Uh, Sahis. Sahis. There you go. Nice. Now you're on a roll for 500. This is the only Disney villain to sing a song with a princess. I'm, I I think this is going to be one I haven't seen. Disney villain. Pretty sure you've seen it. Princess. Is it? Dr. Facilier? Uh, try again. It's Disney more modern than that. More modern than that. Oh, um, is it Mother Mother he Gothel? Does, he doesn't. Okay, this is the Disney. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Does Mother Gothel sing with Rapunzel? I don't think so. So this I don't is know if a, it's a whole duet. That's probably wrong. Go on, put me out in misery. This is a character who starts out as seeming like a good person, and then is revealed to be the villain in the end. Is it frozen? There you go. Prince Hans. 
Ah, oh, this is the awkward bit where I tell you I haven't seen Frozen. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Wow, okay, okay. <laughs> I have I've heard the songs, I've seen little clips. It's it's not my sort of film. <laughs> all right, all right. Not enough I know, villainy. I'm sorry. I know not, that's like treasonous. Not enough what villainy, worth, I guess. I, for but I'll be honest, kinda, yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a Moana or a Tangled guy for modern Disney. Oh, yeah, I'm, I love those. I'm not that. I'm not massively into Frozen. Sorry, I know that's very blasphemous among Disney fans, but never did it for me. Still, I, that's, I would... that's that's three right and two wrong. Yeah, I'll take that. That's right. Okay, yeah, so, so again, Baker, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank um, you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. <laughs> so if people want to find you, go ahead and uh, plug yourself. Uh, yeah, the, if you, if you would if you would like to find me, you can do so on YouTube, Lorcana Villain, or uh, and I have a Twitter also at Lorcana Villain, and just that's it, just the two. I ain't got multiple things to. I ain't got the time. I wouldn't keep up with them. Just Twitter and YouTube keeps me busy enough. Uh, YouTube, we release at least three videos a week, sometimes more. My specialty is top eight deck lists. I, I do nearly every top eight deck list for every significant event. We skip one or two. I'm only one man, but pretty much everyone is done within 24 hours. We do deck profiles. We do a bit of gameplay, uh, card reviews, news, all things Lorcana is my number one priority. And on Twitter at the moment, I'm making a lot of Lorcana D&D maps. So if you like that. Yeah, yeah. You put freaking Flounder and Outer Darkness in the one. Hey, at least he was there. <laughs> at least he was there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. If you haven't had a chance to check out any uh, Baker's content, make sure to go subscribe. It's awesome. And if you liked what you heard here, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal. And you can check out geekshotphoto.com for social media and photography links for my wife and I. And thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you next time.